0: Hi, my name is Darren Joseph, HTJ.tax. I'm talking to you from Panama, where I'm just spending a few hours after having spent two weeks in Uruguay and in Paraguay. Hello. So now I want to talk about the United States, of course, and Miami in particular, moving to the U.S. uh, as an outsider i i think there is no real discussion that the unofficial capital of latin america and the caribbean is miami and if it is that you're trying to do business across the region there's no there's no other city that that can hold a, a candle to miami perhaps maybe orlando but I'm not a I'm not a fan of the second place, so when I'm in Asia, I my I'm fully based in Singapore, not Malaysia, not number two. When I'm in the Middle East, I'm not in Bahrain or somewhere else. I'm in Dubai. I'm in the UAE because that is that is a center of business activity. When I'm in Europe. I prefer to spend my time getting things done in London over other Eastern European cities. Every place has its charm, every place has its pros and cons, but I like to figure out what number one is, and I try to get things done there. And number one for Latin America and the Caribbean has to be Miami. So why do I think that way? I think to call out some of the more obvious stuff would be banking. I think everyone has already figured that out most high net worth families in latin america and the caribbean already bank in miami there's not much confidence when it comes to banks in latin america and the the caribbean even though you may have canadian banks even though you may have american bank branches branch networks in latin america or the caribbean bear in mind that those banks even though they may be a canadian bank for example they they have to operate by the local jurisdictions rules. So what that means is that foreign exchange control and sometimes foreign exchange confiscation is an unfortunately bad habit. And for those who try to bank in the region, you know exactly what I mean. The second thing is the rule of law. I think any any Latin American business has figured out that they wanna have, and they're doing, business across jurisdictions in the region they're going to have either their hq in miami or some of their key corporate functions are going to be in the us uh you know you just want to execute things you want you want to have the the availability of us the u.s legal system and just just those soft infrastructure factors that that are hard to quantify sometimes safety of course unfortunately for many high net worth families they need, people need to be conscious of their safety and kidnapping is still a real threat depending on where you are. And and you know, so we have seen many of our clients, their wife and kids would be in the United States whereas dad is still doing business in, in Latin America or wherever it is that the business physically is. But they wanna keep, keep certain members of the family like kids just you know, just keep them as safe as possible. Infrastructure. Wi-Fi is super fast, of course. Cell phone calls don't randomly drop in the middle of your call. Power cuts unusual, except for during hurricane season. There's a wide variety of school for the kids, and there's the option of homeschooling. That's not a problem depending on what your what your views and what your personal values are. So, so, yeah, that, that's the U.S. in general, that's Miami in particular. But let's talk about taxes because we are a tax team. Taxes are a real concern. And whereas in some other jurisdictions, it may be tax-free, it may be low tax, it may be territorial tax, the U.S. is a very complex tax system. And depending on what you do, your personal tax rates, your effective tax rates may be on the higher side. So the key thing is to engage in pre-immigration planning before moving to the U.S. Because once you become a U.S. green card holder, lawful permanent resident, or you trigger substantial presence as per section 7701, you are trapped in the U.S. tax net and it is more or less too late. So you wanna get your planning done before moving to the U.S. So what does pre-migration tax planning typically look like? Firstly, you want to meet with a a qualified U.S. tax professional. And essentially you're looking for a tax team that focuses on international tax, not U.S. domestic taxes. U.S. domestic taxes are really different from international taxes. And when it comes to international taxes, you're looking for a team. Anytime you see an individual who claims that they've memorized all 8 or 10 million words of the federal tax code and they know it inside out, uh, that's probably kind of impossible. So you're looking at a team and different members of the team specialize in different areas of international tax. You want to do some pre-migration tax planning sessions, and even have your team run some model returns, so you can see what have, what what are your as what which asset classes or which revenue streams are particularly vulnerable to adverse tax treatments. Then you want to deploy helpful tax strategies. That may include asset revaluations, managing those PFICs, CFC avoidance, control foreign corp avoidance, or look at restructuring some of your holdings in a bit to make them more tax efficient before entering the US. But the, the best option, I think, would be for those who may be holding some sort of L visa or for those who may be holding some sort of E visa, where there's a chance to avoid bringing your foreign income and your foreign assets into the U.S. tax net at all, simply by minimizing the time that you spend in U.S. soil. Yes, there's a 183-day rule, but it's not like it is in other jurisdictions. It is pretty complex in the way it's calculated. There's a two-year look back. So right now we're in 2023. So the the, the calculation would involve 2023 plus... Some whatever days you spent in U.S. soil in 2022 multiplied by a third and days that you would have spent in U.S. soil in 2021 multiplied by a sixth. You add that all up plus this year and if it crosses 183 then you're going to have a tax, then then you consider tax resident for this year. 2023, when you're filing returns in 2024. So you have an opportunity, once you're aware of how the math works, to really pay attention and manage your calendar so that you can choose whether or not to be U.S. exposure. Of course, you'll always be taxed your U.S. source income, whether it be from your businesses that you run in U.S. soil, rental properties, et cetera. So just let's let's keep that in mind. So I guess people do argue that you can get some of the benefits of the American life, the American experience without living here or living in the U.S. But it really depends on the type of business you're trying to do and depends on the networking that you need to do for your line of work. But spending time in the U.S. may be unavoidable. The talent pool is deep. The financial markets are dynamic. And it's just the best that the world has to offer. The key thing is, you can't have the good. You just need to be mindful and engage in some effective tax strategy work. That's what we think. What do you think? So, if you're a six, seven, or eight figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom,